Welcome to Missionary Talks, where we talk with missionaries and learn about their lives and work. Today I'm talking with Harry and Gina Stanley. Uh, they're missionaries to England. And uh, Harry, can you tell us a little bit about your family real quick and then what your ministry is going to be in England? Well, uh, my wife and I have been married 14 years. We have four children. And I've been in ministry full-time, pastoral ministry, for over 10 years. Uh, I was an assistant for five and a half years and a senior pastor for four and a half years. And while I was pastoring, God called us into missions, and that was just a little over two years ago. And we've been on deputation full-time for a year and a half, and it's exciting to see God's hand of blessing in our life. And you're going to England. What will be your ministry there? We'll be starting churches over in England. That's our primary purpose as a church planning missionary. And uh, the first couple of years, we've already been over on a, on a survey trip. Uh, we've been on three or four, but uh, specifically, this last one was to visit with a pastor that we'll be working with, a church that's already established so that we can adjust to the culture as a family. We can learn ministry with the English people there in a church that's already established so that when we go out to start churches, we don't offend people, but we'll be effective in ministry. Gina, as far as culture, he mentioned culture what do you anticipate as being difficulties? They speak English there, uh, but do you, do you see any cultural differences that you'll have to adjust to? Um, yes, sir. The people there are just different in nature than than we are here. When we went on our survey trip, I was expecting people to make eye contact, and you could smile, and I was ready to be all friendly because we were excited about going to share the gospel, but people didn't even look up. They just kept their gaze down. Um, this is my private world, and that's yours, and the two don't need to mix. Um, they're very big on manners. So over here, what we might think is etiquette and proper for children in public places, over there it's very different. It just something like licking your fingers after eating chicken is absolutely taboo. And yes, it is English, but it's a little different to understand. They have so many words that we use that mean something very different over there. So we've already been warned about all the ones that would be offensive, and we just need to learn you know, the different words for terms that we use every day, but they just mean something different over there. So those are the primary things. It's just like the invitation when my husband just preached there a couple of weeks ago. People don't go forward, and also they don't really uh, feel comfortable raising their hand at invitation because that's just a little too public for them. So just things like that that we need to be aware of before we go. Did you learn things in the pastorate that that is helping you as a missionary, raising your support? Yes, I did. Having been a pastor, I understand the uh, time constraints that they have and the needs that they meet for people in the local church there of all ages various times of the day they get calls for counseling and and emergencies and different things one of the things primarily that i think has been helpful to me on deputation as a missionary now is uh, understanding and having a spirit of empathy with a pastor and just asking the pastor a simple question how can i pray for you and your ministry right now that opens the door and breaks down the wall and barrier there and the pastor then realizes I'm not just here to receive something on deputation from that church and from him, but I'm willing to give and offer a prayer on his behalf and intercede for him, just as I would I would desire that he would do for me. That has really been a blessing for us as a missionary, and I would encourage other missionaries to have that same philosophy going into a church. Deputation is a ministry. It is not just simply a time to raise funds for your ministry, but it's a ministry where you give to those ministries while you're there. As a missionary, have you been surprised uh, by some things, maybe th- things you didn't know as a pastor, and now, and I'm going to ask both of you this, now you see things a little differently than you did before as a pastor? 
as a pastor, we tried to be a gracious host and hostess, uh, my wife and I both, with missionaries when we had uh, missionaries in for um, uh, missions conference and different times of the year. And we're glad that we were as gracious as we were. That's one thing that we look back and we say, wow, I'm glad we did that. Having now been on the other side of the fence in the receiving line of that, many pastors and churches are good about being gracious, but uh, some probably still don't don't understand or don't don't realize the importance of that gracious spirit i think and sometimes it's just because they need to be around someone that's helped them but um having been in the ministry as a pastor and now a missionary my focus on the world and uh, my burden for missions is different than it was as a pastor i did have a heart for ministry spent many times going on missions trips vietnam nepal South America multiple times, Central America. But realizing now as a missionary there are 6.5 billion people face of the planet, you can go just about anywhere to the 5 billion people or so who still need Jesus Christ. We need missionaries, and we need missionaries desperately to help Jesus Christ fulfill his purpose to seek and to save that which was lost. And Gina, to you uh, as a pastor's wife and now a missionary wife, do you see some things differently than you did before as a pastor's wife? Oh, absolutely. Yes, I do. Um, like my husband said, we did try to be very gracious. We told our kids missionaries are the heroes. And we, like, if we heard a need, they, they, in Mexico, they needed a stove. They didn't even have a stove. So we were so excited to write a check for them to buy a stove when they got back. But when we jumped over the line into missions, uh, because of God's call, then I realized, wow, when our dear friends that were missionaries came to visit us, I only w- was thinking of things they might mention. I never even thought, how will they get to their next meeting? Where will they sleep the next three nights in between meetings? Do they have the funds that they need? Um, their children, how are their children doing in this transition? And I didn't realize that that meant they had given up most or at least a good portion of their earthly belongings to go, to go serve the Lord in that aspect. So my appreciation for missionaries has gone up so much because when you actually take that step and you're ready to say goodbye to friends and family and things that the Lord has blessed you with here. It's very different than on the comfortable side when you know you have a paycheck coming in on a regular basis, you have insurance and all of those different things. So yes, my appreciation for missionaries has gone up greatly since the Lord called us to missions. I was privileged to be supported by your church, and uh, I appreciate, of course, churches that support me as a missionary. What are some things that you as a pastor would would have appreciated from us as missionaries? I enjoyed having missionaries that came to our church that were willing to get involved in the church ministry while they were there. They they tried to love back the families that they stayed with, but uh, when they came to get involved with our children's church missions conference, when we asked them to get involved and, and share, they shared their heart, they shared their burden, and they ministered effectively. They gave their heart to the people. That was probably the most impact there because people then saw how real and not not simply a zeal. A zeal seems to be a word that with not, not much depth, but the fervency that missionaries had to win lost people. And that really benefited our church during the missions conference time and the times we'd have missionaries in. And I appreciated that as a pastor. That meant a lot to me. When Harry said, hey, we're looking at going to the mission field, was that scary for you? 
Yes, it was. <laughs> I had always been the prayer warrior at home, holding down the fort and watching the kids and taking care of any problems that needed to be handled in the church that I could try to help with when he was on missions trips. But when you say to your children, we're asking you to step out of your fun Christian school, all of your sports, your home, your room, your bed, everything, um, and become mobile. And um, that was a big step. And it wasn't so much the material things because those come and go. A lot of it's just the security and the stability of this is our home. This is where we come every day when we're done. And, you know, being a missionary, that changes so much. It's it's a new place every week. And so that was a big step. Um, homeschooling for me, that was something that the Lord had never asked me to do before, but he's given a lot of grace and that's going very well. So yes, it was, it was a big step at first. Can you tell us something about England? Um, maybe not necessarily the ministry part of it, but England as a whole that we might not know as Americans in relationship to what you're going to be doing. Ministering to England, uh, it's a place that we, we know historically has had the gospel and it historically has been a country that had a fervency to take the gospel to the world. And a lot of times, uh, I as a pastor heard this, and I've, I've heard it now quite a bit as a missionary, England is a hard place. The people in England aren't open to the gospel. But uh, through knocking on doors, the different survey trips that we've been over there, the English people are real people. The English people, yes, some of them are atheists, and yes, some of them are agnostic. A lot of them don't think about God because he's never been a part of their schedule. They got baptized in the Anglican church as a baby, therefore they call themselves Christians, and they don't attend church. They don't They don't understand anything about the gospel. But uh, on a survey trip three weeks ago, a lady named Diva, when I started to share with her they ask, why, why are you here visiting London? And when I shared with her what I was in England for, uh, she said, well, you know, God took my mom last June, and I couldn't figure out why. We prayed to him, and he didn't answer my prayer in healing her. And once we worked through that bitterness towards God, she was open to me sharing the gospel and very much under conviction in between customers that, that we spent the time waiting in, the, in between customers to share the gospel. She was under conviction, and then you know, today I just went out with a pastor just across town, and uh, he came to the missions conference, and he said, Brother Stanley, he said, I've got an English couple I'm trying to get into church. Uh, pray for me. I want them to get here next week for our revival meeting. And uh, he asked me Monday night, he said, uh, can we visit him? And I said, hey, let's do that Wednesday afternoon. And we just went to that, that house, and Graham prayed to receive Christ as his Savior. He's an Englishman that has been spending his winter months over here the last few years. And this pastor came across him and has had a heart for him. And uh, our first Englishman that we were able to share the gospel with, we shared today. And between the two of us sharing the gospel and praying with him, he, was, he received Christ as his Savior. English people are real people just like American people are real people. And you've got to be able to take the time to minister to them, to love them as real people, and share the gospel. What part of the country are you planning to go to? Initially, you're going to be working with somebody else, but then where would you go from there? Initially, we're going to be in Stoke-on-Trent area, which is an hour south of Manchester. And then, Lord willing, our goal is to go to Crawley, which is uh, about an hour and a half south of London, and uh, start an independent Baptist church there. Do you have a website that people can go and get information about your ministry? Yes. Uh, the website is uh, all one word lowercase. The Stanleys Reaching England dot org. 
thestanleysreachingengland.org. I'll have a link to that at uh, my website, Missionary Talks, and you can go there and go straight to the Stanley's website. Is there anything, as we close, is there anything you'd like to share with the listeners? Uh, Let me ask Gina first, and then I'll close with Harry. God does not waste anything, and so I really believe that preparation for ministry is so important. I think a young person needs to attend a good Christian college, get the best education you can, so that when you go out to serve the Lord, you're not giving him leftovers or, I couldn't really think of anything else to do, so maybe I'll be a missionary. God wants the best, and I really believe it's good to prepare yourself through education and training and any ministry experience you can possibly get. Uh, before you go to the mission field, because I believe that helps a person to be ready to take on what God has for them on that on that aspect of ministry. I believe that uh, young persons should start praying for missionaries right now. Five years old, 15 years old, 25 years old, it's not too early. And when you start praying for those missionaries and you start doing a little research on your own, personally investigating what what is the background of that country spiritually, then identifying with that missionary in prayer how he can reach, whether it's a Roman Catholic or a Muslim group or Anglican or whatever the background may be, when a person will start praying for missions, God will start tenderizing their heart towards missions. And uh, when they become prayer warriors for the mission field, God will use them on the mission field, and he'll use them effectively. When life is over and everything's said and done, whistle blows and you stand before Jesus Christ, the most important thing is what you did for him. Not what kind of a house you lived in, not what kind of a car you drove, not how much money you had in the bank either. And uh, I would like to encourage young people, give your life to God. You'll never regret it. You've been listening to Missionary Talks with David Peach. Please visit us at missionarytalks.com.